This is Faith and Fable, a pastoral podcast where we discuss common and often controversial topics from a biblical perspective. I'm Lena. I'm Matt Henry. I'm Matt Miller. And I'm Mark. All right, guys, before we get into it, I got to ask you a few things. One, please, if you like this episode, rate and review it on iTunes. If you don't like it, still rate and review it and give us five stars. (laughs) (laughs) Two, if you haven't gone to our website, go check it out. It's awesome. We have notes and we have links and we have stuff you can buy. We have bios and pictures and it's pretty cool. Picture, but seriously, pictures. we got pictures. Stare at our pictures. <laughs> pictures. Stare at them. Third. <laughs> Lydia hates my picture. Third. I don't have three things. What's wrong? I only have two things. <laughs> Wait, what, what's wrong with your picture? I don't know. She thinks I look. You look, it, it looks like a, a, like a podcast like, host um, picture. It's very trendy. We should we should put that one that uh, was sent to us today yeah. up. We no? should, yeah, yeah. yeah. So anyway, what are we talking are we about? about Baby got baptism. <laughs> this was not planned at all. <laughs> yeah, that did not sound rehearsed. <laughs> he, he's been sitting on the edge of his seat just to do that. Yeah, it was. So so we did it. Yeah, but we're not talking about baby and baptism. So don't get excited. No. <laughs> We're we're talking about. (laughs) This is a pretty niche topic. (laughs) Is it niche or niche? Mm. It's just niche. Oh, God. (laughs) It's a niche topic, guys. Oh, it's watching this. Gross. (laughs) So gross. (laughs) I can't help it. It's how I talked until I was seven. Are you serious? Is that really? Yeah, I had to have speech glasses. And they would shove popsicle sticks in my mouth to put my tongue where it was supposed to go. So I would stop talking like this. (laughs) And I would start talking like this. Thank goodness. Thank goodness for that lady. Yeah, she's a saint. She brought me into the janitor closet every Tuesday. (laughs) What if Matt would have come to you talking like that saying, hey, I want to be a pastor. I would have given him. Why don't you demonstrate that? Listen, guys, we are ready to preach. Here's some popsicle sticks. (laughs) No, I literally would have given him Spurgeon's book, Lecture to My Students, Uh where he, and then make him read the chapter where he explicitly talks about those people who are not called to the pastorate who have weird speech impediments. Is that right? (laughs) (laughs) I have have read that chapter. Yeah. Does he talk about like the, you know, decibel levels? Doesn't matter. I would have just started my own church. No, he had a couple of very humorous stories of these guys that just had these weird speech patterns and. So and what would he have said to David Platt? He didn't have a speech impediment. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he does. What? It's kind of like you, a weird, you heard him like talk? a. No, not, that's not. That's just a distinctive. I've got okay. weird things too. But okay. Mm-hmm. Is that a low? Is that too? Is that too far? What? Probably just to mention about David Platt. I don't know. Tag him in it. See what he says. Tag, okay. yeah. <laughs> tag him in the episode. All right. Give well, it a listen. Like and review. <laughs> if you know this one's got two stars, you know why. <laughs> Give us at least two because you know this is very solid. Be charitable. Yeah. All right. Anyway, baptism in Jesus' name only. This is what we're talking about. Um, And we need to. 
Uh, and we're actually. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to remember why. Okay, but. so I can tell everyone why, and they're all wondering why. Why are we doing this? We're doing this because Matt and I are going to go to Ethiopia. Oh, yeah. And when we go back to Ethiopia to teach the pastors, they, we, we were taking them through Matthew 28. And about you were to baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That's right. And also we got into quite an animated discussion because in Ethiopia there's a segment of the church there that's very vocal about baptism in Jesus' name only, and they wanted to know, well, what do we do with that? Because we don't know how to answer them. And we were already jammed for time, so I, I gave them like a super basic, ineffective answer and told them, look, we'll go home. We'll write something up, and we'll we'll bring it back to you, and we'll work it through. And they were all excited for it. So we thought, you know what? Let's work it up. Let's work it up, and yeah. let's turn it into a podcast. So you guys are our practice, and we hope that it will uh, be helpful. But a large number of churches there make it a uh, cardinal doctrine, and so— we thought it would be a useful one uh, because it is an issue here in America, whether you knew it or not. Yeah. Well, and I've run into it personally. You have? At my church, yes. Uh, actually, I won't do it here because it would possibly be awkward. But yeah, you actually know some people that maybe you don't know there uh, of this persuasion too. That was a really weird sentence. That was cryptic. I don't know what happened. Yeah, you were so cryptic, you said nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Even I'm lost. You confused yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. This is a fun episode. You want to give the background? Yeah, let's do uh, something. Yeah. (laughs) What the? (laughs) This is so bad. Lots of things happening over there. All right. so it is is an issue here as well. Um, in the United States, this is a doctrine that is most commonly found in what's called the Oneness Pentecostal Church. Um, so the, in the Oneness Pentecostalism, there it's a sect that is modalistic in their teaching of God, and we won't get into it fully here. But if you want a better understanding of that, listen to our entire deal on the Trinity, where we talk about modalism. Um, but the bottom line is they reject the Trinity as three persons. Um, he he rather manifests himself in three different modes or he right. wears three different hats. Right, At one point right. he's the father, one point he's the son, another point he's the spirit. Um, so we would be reluctant to see a oneness Pentecostal as a believer, a true believer. And that's know? that's important because some will say, well, no, they're still believers. And we're, I'm, I'm just... Yeah, they... Yeah. No orthodoxy um, Yeah, the... They're not orthodox, so whatever that means um, yeah, in, in so your world. In some people, I think there's some people can be unorthodox in doctrines, but still Christian. But this one, at the very least, they're unortho- un- unorthodox. But Yeah. Now, of course, there's exceptions. Yeah. Um, but, there's again, exceptions those are exceptions. In everything, right? Yeah. So, um, like, like all things in theology, ideas do have consequences, and baptism is one of those in this sort of theological system. Um, so the argument goes something like this. They say God is one. And again, he manifests himself at times as the different, would they even call them persons? I, I don't know no, what they, they would call them. One, one, this is almost a direct quote, uh, and is they manifest himself at times as the Father, Son, or Spirit. So they would actually say that in Matthew 28, 
where uh, Jesus says, baptize him in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, that Jesus is the bodily manifestation of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So Jesus is the manifestation of the Son. So they're actually almost talking about Jesus and the Son. It just In him the fullness of deity dwells yeah, or something. Yeah, and so, yeah. Th- but that all three of those are bound up in Jesus. Yeah, but they wouldn't identify him as persons of the Godhead. No, no, right? because that now you're getting into distinction. Yes. Um, so in their in their view, they're the Father, Son, and Spirit. They're merely descriptive titles that belong to one person, right? The Lord Jesus, Jesus Christ, right? Yeah. Um, therefore, they would argue that though Jesus um, said to the apostles to baptize in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, that it's not what he actually expected them to do. Right. That's what that's what they're saying. Um, rather, they received the instruction from the Lord himself, and his name was Jesus, and that's whose name was to be used. And so, they'll point to passages in Acts as key examples to prove that the apostles knew this. Um, what's also important is that most of the various forms of oneness Pentecostalism teach that baptism in Jesus' name is a re- prerequisite to salvation. And that's an, an that's important a massive thing to one. understand. Yeah. Um, so, in, in the Apostolic Oneness Network, here's a quote. It says, what is the one plan of salvation question? It is repentance, then water baptism by total body immersion in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and Holy Ghost baptism, which of course that Holy Ghost baptism is speaking of tongues as the spirit of God gives utterance. Now that whole thing is their quote though. I mean, That's including that parenthetical. Yeah. And we're going to, this is one you would want show notes. So we're going to have the show notes there and I'll give you the links to these places. Here's another one. Uh, this is written on the United Pente- Pente- uh, Pentecostal Church International. Church International website, right? Uh, the saving gospel is the good news that Jesus died for our sins, was buried, rose again. That's okay. We obey the gospel. How do we do it? By repentance, death to sin, water baptism in the name of Jesus Christ, which they call burial, uh, the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the initial sign of speaking in tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance, which is resurrection. And so that's, and they have some Bible passages that you can see if you look at the link. Um, So that's how they're describing what the gospel is. And so you have the, all kinds of various groups they'll fit under this heading of oneness Pentecostalism. So be aware of that as well. Uh, but to our knowledge, they all hold to these ideas. Now, again, I'm sure somebody will say, well, what about this one? But everything that we looked at, we could, I couldn't find anything that uh, departed from that idea. Yeah. So it's also worth noting that tongue speaking is also a requirement. Yeah. And we dealt with the whole thing on the issue of tongues. So, um, so now we, we want to give it a, a, a critique. Um, we're going to ask Lena to read four verses or four passages because um, the position that they make is uh, coming from the fact that in Acts there are several passages, four to be specific, that ta- uh, say that they baptize in Jesus' name. And so yeah. this is where the whole thing is going to be yeah. built from. And, so, and again, they're saying unless you're baptized in Jesus' name only, you're not a Christian. You're not saved. Right. So I remember asking this question very vividly, I think, in your last Bible study. I think I was reading Acts 2, and I was like, wait, what? 
Yeah, I dealt with a little bit in the, when I was teaching through Acts 2. Yeah. And I'm going to actually touch on that when I preach there, but yeah. that'll be a while. <laughs> okay, so first one, Acts 2, 38. Peter said to them, Repent, and each of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And Acts eight fourteen through 16. Now when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent them Peter and John, who came down and prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit, for he had not yet fallen upon any of them. They had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. 10, 47 through 48. Surely no one can refuse the water for these to be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit just as we did, can he? And he ordered them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. 19.5. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. All right. So out of those four passages, and then a couple more that don't actually talk about baptism, um, this doctrine becomes developed and established. Uh, and then some will also appeal to a few verses that talk about baptism in the sense of, uh, and, and they'll treat it at, that they're talking about water baptism. So in Romans 6, 3 through 4. Or do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus have been baptized into his death? Therefore, we have been buried with him through baptism into death, so that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. All right. Now, we can't deal with this one either uh, due to the vastness of the issues. Uh, suffice it, though, to say that this passage is not talking about water baptism, uh, but baptism into the church as explained in 1 Corinthians 12, 13. Uh, we do, though, plan on doing an extended series on this when we address the doctrine of baptism in the Bible because it gets into the whole issue of infant baptism right, right. As, as well. Yeah. So that'll be kind of a fun one. Yeah. Uh, complex, like everything. But mm -hmm. So the, the question becomes rather simple. What do we do with the explicit command of Jesus in Matthew 28 when compared to these passages where the apostles seem to disobey it or do something different. And like many things, when people try to show off a few verses to prove a point, it's often a bit more complicated, a bit more nuanced uh, than merely looking at some verses. You can't right. do it that way. Right. Um, so again, Matthew 28 saying, baptize him in the name of the Father, Son, and the Spirit. Um, and then in Acts, we see these cases where they're being baptized just in Jesus' name only. Yeah. So it seems like they're disobeying the, those direct orders of and Jesus. The, and the apostolic church and the oneness Pentecostalists, they're saying, well, no, what they're showing is that they understood what he meant. And what he meant when he said, baptize right. in the name of the Father, Son, and Spirit is baptize them in my name because I, I embody that. Right, right. So what do we do with that? Well, first, um, we should say you should ask them if they believe in the three persons in, in the Godhead. Um, or is the Godhead bound up in just this one person, Jesus? Um, and this is, this is really the key issue. Yes. Um, this is about the nature of, of God and his very being. So we, we do not know of any group that holds to the Jesus name only who's not also part of the, the several apostolic churches that take this position, though there's probably some because there's everything out there now. Sure. Um, but if you reject the Orthodox position on the Trinity, then their position on baptism is very easy to accept. Yeah. It's not, it's not difficult. Um, but if you maintain an orthodox position, which is a Trinitarian position, then it becomes a much more difficult position to hold regardless of those four verses from Acts. 
Um, and so to be blunt, if they, if they have an aberrant theology proper, which is a doctrine of God, the doctrine of the Trinity, then they should not be considered within the confines of the Christian faith. And therefore, frankly, nothing they teach should matter to a Christian's theology and practice. Right. So by asking that first question, you get out of the argument that's really a trap where they're going to emphasize, oh, you don't, you're not baptizing correctly. You're supposed to in Jesus' name only. If somebody brings that up, you should just ask them, do you believe in the Trinity? Right. And, and then ask them what they mean. Because if they don't believe that, why are you arguing over whether it's baptized in Jesus' name? Yeah. There's, or, bigger, there's bigger yeah, issues. <laughs> much bigger issues. Yeah. Right, right. That's the point. All right. So then there's a second question you should ask. Um, the next question should be if baptism is necessary to be saved. Um, because within these movements, the answer is yes. Uh, now, it's going to get worded in different ways. But ultimately, it comes down to the fact that baptism is part of the saving work of God, and without a person cannot be a believer. And so, again, this will come uh, usually from two different passages, um, maybe more, but normally these are the two verses or passages. Uh, you want to read the Mark 16, verses 15 and 16? Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved but he who does not believe will be condemned. All right, so with that one, first of all, we already talked briefly about this on the tongues about the ending of Mark. So yeah. that's just not the place to be developing your uh, doctrine of salvation and, and whatnot. Right. But the point they say is he who believes and is baptized will be saved. And so they're like, aha, we got it. And then you have the Acts 2.38 passage. Repent, and each of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for, for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. All right. So that one also adds the idea of receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit, which they would then say will be manifesting itself in the uh, gift of tongues. So again, to make baptism necessary for salvation puts a person outside of Orthodox Christianity because it's a work rather than through faith alone. And so again, this is why it's also a challenge when discussing infant baptism as well. Because many who argue for infant baptism will sound like they're teaching some sort of uh, baptismal regeneration. Now, those of you that hold to an infant baptism, don't freak out right now. We'll deal with all of that stuff when we go through uh, baptism. But what's actually going on is the way that they word it, people who hold to infant baptism, the way they word it uh, is done out of ignorance of their own doctrine. Um, and that I don't mean that in a harsh way or an unkind way. It's the difference between what people believe in a pew uh, versus what their denomination or theology actually teaches. A lot of people can't really describe and discuss the subtle nuances. Um, and so we're, we'll deal with all that, but that's going to need a lot of episodes to work through the whole complex issue of baptism. Yeah. Um, third, you should ask if the speaking in tongues is also a prerequisite to know or if, to know if a person is actually right. saved. Um, again, th this movement usually has this as a standard for true salvation, that if you're saved, you will speak in tongues because you receive that baptism of the Holy Ghost, as they call it. Uh, though I hate the word ghost when speaking of the Spirit. Um, he's a person. Um, as a result... Um, it again will usually put them outside the realm of Orthodox Christianity, and you're not dealing with an actual Christian. Um, we we dealt with the whole 
doctrine and practice on this in great detail already, um, doctrine of speaking in tongues. But it's, it's worth noting by now that you, sh you should be seeing uh, how interrelated theology is. Uh, the issue here is not actually about baptism in Jesus' name. It's about the nature of God and salvation. And so if you get those right, then this becomes a much simpler matter. Um, if a person's pushing Jesus only in baptism, but answers yes to these other questions, then don't try to answer the issue of baptism in Jesus' name, as we've already right. said. Rather, evangelize them <laughs> um, yeah. by first dealing with the Trinity, with sin, with the atonement, with faith alone, um, because what they need is Christ. They don't need a debate. And and what we do is we end up getting suckered into the debate. Yeah. Uh, and and now we're in fruitless discussions that that go nowhere um, because you're dealing with a unregenerate mind talking about uh, a biblical doctrine. It's just not going to it's not going to work. Um, so how do we answer it? So we're how would we answer those who still point to these verses and says, okay, well I believe in the Trinity. I believe in salvation is not by works. Uh, I, I don't think you have to speak in tongues, but I still don't know what, what do we do with these verses because it still seems like right. maybe. So we'll give you just a few points. Uh, first, remember um, that the book of Acts is a transitional book and things are shifting from an old covenant to a new covenant of reality. And that's oftentimes missed by people. That's an important point to remember on many issues. Oh, yes. <laughs> when you're dealing with the book of Acts. Yeah. Very it's, transitional. It's a massive whole world shift that's taken place. So you have what so you have to uh you have what are basically sort of like in between people at times, uh where you just run into these things and you're like, what? Mm -hmm. Well it's like it, it things are changing. Yeah. Um, so here's some examples. You have some who had not been baptized as Christians, but only in uh, John the Baptist's baptism of repentance. And they run into them and they're like, well, what do we do with them? And, yeah. and, and we see that. Then you'll see that some have not yet received the Holy Spirit, but were believing in Jesus. And then you have some who received the Holy Spirit, but who had not yet been baptized. And so the, the point of that is that in the early part of Acts especially, everything is transitioning as a result. It's not the place where you start developing your foundation or foundational theology for the church right. because it, it's it's not. It, right. it's, it's too wiggly. Yeah. <laughs> That's, That's a theological a, term. Technical there. Yeah. Uh, second, uh, to do something, you know, in the name of, quote, in the name of, is not so much a formula um, as much as it's just an expression of authority or you're doing something in a manner consistent with that person's will and mission. So it's more with the idea of identity than it is power yeah. um, or you know some kind of a formula that will affect or accomplish something. So when the Bible says that you're to ask in the name of Jesus, um, you know, it's not a way to signal the end of your prayer. <laughs> it's not a, you know, um, nor is it some kind of method of invoking God's blessing or power. Uh, rather, it's asking something in accordance to his nature and his will and his authority. That's what you're doing when you're praying in Jesus' name. Um, so when you come to, you know, in the name of the Lord, for instance, in the Old Testament, um, you, you are coming and you're representing him. Um, you know, an example would be 1 Samuel 17, 45, where David tells Goliath that he's come in the name of the Lord of hosts. Um, 
in another example, David blesses the people in the name of the Lord. This is one where it's a blessing with the authority of the Lord attached to it. Right. Um, there's something official happening there. Um, then this carries into the New Testament in a variety of expressions. So Jesus talks about how giving a cup of water to a needy person in the name of a disciple is worthy of reward. Yeah, not a, of Jesus, but a in disciple, a disciple. Yeah. But it's one of his disciples, and and that person is representing that disciple because they're doing it in his name. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, you see that in Matthew 10. Um, this is what is meant as well when you believe in the name of the Lord um, and are saved, such as in John three eighteen, they believe who Jesus claims to be and what he represents. That's yeah. what they're doing. Um, so, so take this into the book of Acts and the non-baptismal passages, and it begins to make some of this a little bit more clear. Um, so you want to read some of these passages, Acts 3, 6. But Peter said, I do not possess silver and gold, but what I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, walk. And Acts 4.18, and when they had summoned them, they commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. So just take that one and the other one. Yeah. Here, here they don't want them to talk in the name of Jesus. And when they did that healing, they made certain that it was done in the name of Jesus. What they're saying is the power by which I am doing this and the authority by which I have to be able to remove this weakness from you is is Jesus Christ. That's all it is. It's not some magic formula. Right. So go ahead. And then Acts 5.40, And they took his advice, and after calling the apostles in, they flogged them and ordered them to speak no more in the name of Jesus, and then released them. Acts 9.28, And Paul was with them, moving about freely in Jerusalem, speaking out boldly in the name of the Lord. And 16.18, And she continued doing this for many days, but Paul was greatly annoyed and turned and said to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And it came out at that very moment. That's your favorite passage in all of Acts. Um, The annoying. uh, Yeah, the annoying. (laughs) We have one of them. Um, Wish I had that power. Um, (laughs) So so, um, again, what these do illustrate though, is it's not merely some magic formula. Um, that you say and then somehow brings into being what you want to come into being. Um, It's not how you make something work or how something's to be proper. Rather, um, you're expressing that you were doing these things under the the will and the authority of Jesus and that it's consistent with his will. Um, And so it's more to do with identification with his purposes and plans. Right. So our third point then would be this, to baptize these people in the name of Jesus in Acts is simply them saying that these people are expressing faith in the reality of who Jesus is and what Jesus has accomplished. And therefore, they have come to be baptized in the name of Jesus. It's not, okay, baptize me, but make certain you only say Jesus. That's not the point. It's, no, we're coming because we recognize who Jesus is and what he has done, and therefore, we're coming in his name to be baptized. So, they're connecting their baptism with the person, the work of Jesus Christ, rather than trying to get the proper formula recited. And that's all that's going on. Yeah. So, so that's it. So we got to say on this. We hope it was hopeful, though. Well, hopefully. Um, it, it, it's not as hard as people make it to be. Um, once you pull back... Um, don't get caught up in these kinds of arguments. 
understand that there's usually some deeper theological thing driving it, uh, but it can really create some problems in churches. And it was obvious in Ethiopia that this is a burning issue. Um, it was. Well, it was interesting talking. I, I think it was, I think I was the one doing the teaching during this You were. Part, and all of a sudden, just this chatter in another language and these people start freaking out. I'm like, what did I just say? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what did the interpreter just say? Well, <laughs> yeah. But no, it was a real issue because I was sitting there, you know, kind of daydreaming. I think I was reading something while you were doing it. And we've taught this stuff before and it didn't create that. No. Hmm. But these are these pastors are all out in the more outlying villages. None oh, of them are okay. in the big bigger cities. They're all in these very poor uh little villages in these poor country churches. And so they're going to run into the more yeah. extreme forms going on. But boy, it really got them going. And what was it was very heartwarming, I, I thought, because they genuinely wanted to know. They wanted to know how to give an answer to right. these people. And, and I felt for them because I know what it's like in my ministry, and I'm sure you can see it in yours. When you get these people coming in with weird doctrines, and they just get people all tied up in knots and yeah. twisted, and and you and you spend all that time trying to undo it, and these were people who were watching their people be affected by bad doctrine, but they didn't know how to answer it, and that just broke my heart on multiple levels. Yeah. Um, so we yeah. hope it's helpful. Yeah. Uh, understand then that all Jesus is saying in Matthew 28 is that when you baptize his disciples, it's to be done in accordance to the will and purposes of the triune God, which is the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And it carries the triune God's authority and his approval when you do it. So baptism is not somehow invalidated because you get the formula wrong. Right. Uh, it's it's a concept behind the formula that really matters. Yeah. Um, so, so that's baptism in Jesus' name, and next time we'll talk about something else. But until then, make sure to tune in, join the conversation, let us know what you think about this issue, and don't forget to like, share, comment, rate, and review, and tell all your friends. Mm-hmm.